Hi, well, in Crossroads is your show all about nonprofits and the people that make the mission happen. I'm Marjorie Moore, the executive director of Mind's Eye, and my personal mission is to make sure nonprofits are stronger by identifying and fixing the rubs that so often come up between people and the mission. And we have my fabulous co-host, Natalie Jablonski, the nonprofit ninja, specializing in helping nonprofits maximize their time, talent, and resources to achieve organizational greatness. I love the fact that you introduced me as fabulous, by the way. Yeah. But n- I'm not as fabulous as our guest today. Let me just go on the record. No, not even close. <laughs> so. <laughs> so today we're on location. This is our first on-location show at the Momentum Conference that uh, Network for Strong Communities is putting on, where we were able to catch up with today's keynote speaker, Vu Lei. And Vu is a writer, speaker, vegan, Pisces, and the executive <laughs> director of the Rainier Valley Corps. Uh, his blog, Nonprofit with Balls, is read and worshipped by just about everyone we know, including us. Including us. So welcome, Vu. Oh, thank you. Thank, me. Thanks for being here. Uh, for those people who may be not familiar with your blog, and I'm not sure who those people are and why, uh, <laughs> but just in case, why don't you explain to our listeners a little bit more about the title of your blog and why you chose that name? Yeah, Nonprofit with Balls. Um, I mean, it refers to the balls that we juggle, mm-hmm. the Funding, volunteers, programs, all this stuff. But really, there's actually a story behind that. And okay. that was a, was a guy who came to my organization and said, Vu, we hear that you're really good at outreaching to, to marginalized communities. So could you help us do a focus group for free? <laughs> and, just, and I said, I don't have any time to do that. I have like two full-time staff. I, it's going to take a long time to rally, wrangle 20 people to do this focus group. If you really believe in this and engaging with communities, then you need to go out there and you need to get funding for this. And he got offended and he said, so you want me to, you want, you're not going to play ball unless we throw money at you, is what you're saying. <laughs> and I said, dude, we have plenty of balls. Okay, we have balls in the city, from the county, from the school district, from other organizations. We get balls in our faces every day. We don't need to juggle your balls for you. We don't have time to do that. Right. And so he left, and I <laughs> sat down and thought of the name for the blog. <laughs> well, I think what I love about the blog so much is that you have such great topics that are timely and sensitive to nonprofit focus, but yet you say what we all say around the water cooler, but as soon as someone comes in from the board or a volunteer or the public, we get perhaps maybe a little nervous mm-hmm. at talking about because uh, there's political sensitivity or you're, you know that it's the truth, but we can't necessarily always speak the truth as bluntly as we'd like to. And you just put it out there, and I appreciate your style of writing so much. Yeah, well... First of all, it's really great that you have a water cooler. <laughs> Not a lot of nonprofits have water coolers. She's fancy. I highly <laughs> everyone to get a water cooler. It does a lot for morale. It does. Get a water cooler. There's your tip. There's your go-away tip for our audience. What are talking right? about? <laughs> well, one of the things that uh, we were hoping to talk to you a little bit about today, it's, it's perfectly timely because of what's going on in our country right now with the idea of politics being so sensitive and everyone's talking about it. The race is right around the corner. We wanted to know your opinion, not on who to vote for. We don't want to get into that today. But as nonprofit board members or volunteers or staff, what type of things should we be paying attention to, especially in our local elections, mm-hmm. with regards to traits to recognize things that will support nonprofits? Any recommendations? Yeah, I think one, we really have to understand the role of the nonprofit sector in terms of civic engagement. We, we need to do it. I mean, this is, this is the, what we do as a, as a sector. 
like all the work that we do in terms of helping people with basic needs and everything, I think a lot of it is like gradually allowing them to be able to participate actively in, in civics. So I know there's a lot of nonprofits who get really fearful about like, you know, I'm 51 c 3 I can't be involved with this stuff. That's, that's, uh, that's not true. You can be involved. You can be endorsing candidates and stuff, but you can spend an amount of your time and resources to get people to vote. And I think that we should be, and, and to inform people about the issues, and we need to do more of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we also need to understand just the barriers that would prevent people from being in, in, engaged, whether it's language, um, whether it is transportation or childcare, or the fact that many people don't understand you know, basic you know, systems. Um, so I think it's really important for nonprofits to, to understand and to, to play our role in helping to break down those barriers and to get people to be civically engaged. That's great advice. I agree. I think that both Marjorie and I represent nonprofit organizations in our private life where there are challenges we face, whether they be uh, physical challenges mm-hmm. or challenges in understanding and age gaps and such. And so what I'm walking away from this particular episode with you is just no matter what you do, figure out what your clients need in order to be engaged in the process and then help them to connect the dots, fill in the gap for them. And that can just be as simple as providing information and resources. Absolutely. Good. So you've written about a lot of topics. Um, mm. Actually, went over like half of them today, I think. <laughs> but you've talked about nonprofit organizations, salaries, uh, faquity. Yeah. Did I pronounce that right? Faquity. Faquity. Um, collective impact, Oxford comma. What gets you most <laughs> riled up? <laughs> well, the Oxford comma thing. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I get really riled up. By a whole bunch of things. And actually I realized a um, really good tip that I got for writing is write about the things that piss you off because you are much more <laughs> likely to be passionate about when, when you write about those things. Um, so yeah, I think probably one of the things that I get really riled up about is just how we are treated by, by society, mm-hmm. you know, by for profits, um, who tend to, you know, they're, they're great. But oftentimes we do get looked down on, like the little, the little brother of the for-profit sector. That's what they think of us as. And like the whole bisplaining thing, one of, one of my friends calls it bisplaining, which is like mansplaining. <laughs> but when a business does it, talks down to us. As if we didn't know how to run a nonprofit. As if we don't know how to, you know, do all this stuff, which is actually extremely complicated. Mm-hmm. In many ways, nonprofit work is way more complex than for-profit work. Yeah, I would agree. And people don't appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Just like I think in some ways we kind of look down and society tends to look down on people who are low income. Mm-hmm. And they think, well, these people can't manage their money. Poor people are actually probably the most effective at managing money because you have to now consider every single expense and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, when we have more money, sometimes we take it for granted or we have someone else. Mm-hmm. Managing it for us. Right. As long as there's checks in the checkbook, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I get, I get really tired of people yeah. looking down on the nonprofit sector. I think mm-hmm. we're awesome. But, mm-hmm. And I also think that we tend to internalize the message. And, I agree. You know. I think sometimes too, I see nonprofits who want it both ways. They yeah. want, they want everyone to take pity on nonprofits. So, you know, look, we don't have resources. We don't have time. We have mm-hmm. told, you know, 20 different hats that we wear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feel sorry for us. And then, oh, wait, wait. Don't, we can do it. We're strong. We're independent. We know what we're doing. And it's like, wait, which message are you sending to the public? Because you can't have it both ways. You you can't. I mean, you want to, 
but you really can't. And everyone wants to really back a champion anyway. So if you continue to play the damsel in distress nonprofit role, eventually people are going to get tired of trying to save you. Yeah. And that's a problem. We do have a lot of these um, habits that we perpetuate. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we don't, we don't own how awesome we are and we Mm -hmm. communicate this. When someone asks, what do you do? And you're like, well, I, I I work for a small nonprofit. No, you're not. You're like helping kids graduate. (laughs) You're helping people, you know, find jobs. You're helping, you're building families. You're, you know, all these amazing things that we do. We're not just working for a small nonprofit. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're right. I, I completely agree with you, Natalie, that we do tend to fall into this sort of, dance in distress thing um and we need to get, get and it's not attractive to funders it's not it's not attractive and it's not all. attractive to the society and to yeah. community partnerships and so i don't know why we do it but i think at some point there's a psychological misnomer that if we act like we're we need your help then you're more likely to help us and in fact the opposite has been proven to be true the stronger you are and the more that you can show outcomes and success the more likely people are to say i want to be a part of that so for all you listeners out there who are board members and you're sending that message as ambassadors for your organization, stop, stop immediately. <laughs> um, what about um, one of the things I want to ask you about is uh, specifically the one piece. Oh, marketing platforms. So let's let's continue this conversation about communication, because I hear people saying nonprofits need to be involved more in social media. No, they need to be away from social media. They need to be engaging at the personal level. You should be sending out personal newsletters. Don't spend your money on newsletters. Those are a waste of time. So <laughs> there's all these. What are your thoughts about the most effective way to communicate? And also, what should we stop doing immediately as nonprofits communication wise? Ooh, this is kind of tricky. I I am not a marketing or communication expert at all. And in fact, just a disclaimer, I don't have really a personal Facebook page. I actually do. I just uh, started one this this year in order to found Nonprofit Happy Hour. Which um, we love. Welcome, welcome <laughs> to the Facebook world. Right, but I only have one friend on my personal <laughs> Facebook Well, you page. could like 501 Crossroads. We have a page and then you'll have two, right? <laughs> I only want one friend. Oh. It's a co-moderator. <laughs> you know, I have to give her permission. Right. Um, and I only tweet once a week or so. So yes. it's, it's, I'm not the person to talk to regarding social media here. Uh, what I do recognize though, what I, what I would really encourage people, uh, people talking about branding a lot, you know, talking about branding. And, and again, we get a lot of these messages from the for-profit sector. I wrote a blog post called, you know, branding. The basic of branding is, it's like two things, which is SU and FU, right? Show up and follow up. <laughs> and we tend to focus on branding as like the marketing aspect, the brochures, the website and all this stuff, the visual things that people can, can see. But really, the majority of an organization's brand is the experience that people have with you, you know? Yeah, very true. And if they're not having good experience when they drop by y- your office or when they talk to you on the phone or, or whatever, you're not someone who's pleasant and if they don't feel a sense of community from you, then all the shiny websites and tweets and all this stuff is not going to help you in your brand. And I've seen so many nonprofits fall into this trap of like, let's spend a lot of money on our website. And let's, but then let's not train our staff on like the values of treating people like human beings, mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, or creating a sense of community around you. So I would really say that the branding that we have in the nonprofit sector is not like the shiny, glossy things. It is like the fact that we do amazing things and we bring in really passionate people who want to build community together. And we need to focus on letting those things shine, you know. So do people feel really good when they come to your meetings? You know, if there's a screaming baby, do they feel like they're an outcast or is that like part of 
the brand of the organization because you, you know, you value like children, mm -hmm. you know, do you have ADA accessibility you know, for, for your events and everything? Because that's your part of your brand also, you know, how people can access you. So I don't know. I probably sound way wiser than I actually am. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. No, I like that because Marjorie and I often get asked, like, we want to brand ourselves and we want to be mm -hmm. out there more and we want to make sure that people are connecting with mm -hmm. us. And they ask us for advice, obviously, mm -hmm. because of the fact that we've been in nonprofit management so long. And it's very true because what I also hear is the follow-up is, and by the way, we have no money. Yes. And by the way, and by the way, we have no money and we'll have to write a grant if we are. And most grants don't want to fund a campaign like that. So how do we do this? So it starts at home. It starts with the basics. So how are you answering your phone? Do you have a standardized message whenever you someone calls? What does the voicemail sound like? Does it sound like you're rushed and out of the door? And are you returning voicemails and emails? What is your policy on returning messages? And I won't be returning your voicemail. Oh, fine. <laughs> so those of you who are leaving messages on Marjorie's phone, now you know why. I don't check voicemail. Yeah. Voicemail is dead to me. Too but, much work. You know, I know people who are like that. They say yeah. they've never returned voicemail. And so why not just say, hey, you can leave a voicemail, but just heads up. Not going to answer it. So press zero yeah. and yeah. go and talk to somebody else. Like, yeah, exactly. why not just Please be wait for the beep and hang up. Right. <laughs> That's what all voicemails just say. Because the reality is we just play this game of chasing each other, yeah. and it's so frustrating. Uh, Marjorie loves that game, don't you? I do love the chasing people. So, Phil, I've been a fan of yours since, like, the Blue Avocado days, which is a while ago now, I guess. Yeah. So what inspired you to start, start the blog and um, ED Happy Hours in general? <clears throat> yeah, um, I think, well, first of all, uh, a funder, Social Venture Partners in Seattle asked me to write a blog from a grantee's perspective. Mm -hmm. And they're really nice, but also they're a funder. And you can't mm -hmm. really say no. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> so, okay. Well, you can, but it's going to be a career-limiting <laughs> move for your funding responsibility. Exactly, right? you know, power dynamics and all this stuff. That's right. Um, but I really wanted to focus on the humor in the sector. So much of the work that we do is so serious. And I think we forget that there's just amazing people in the sector who are hilarious and who are very talented. And in many ways, you know, they have so many artistic talents and, and all this stuff, but we don't really see that because we're so focused on just doing the work. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to see just like the, the hu humanness in, in all of us. And that includes like a, a good sense of humor because there's mm -hmm. hilarious people yes. in the sector. <laughs> And we have to be able to take the work seriously, but not ourselves, okay. because the work is so serious that we have to learn how to figure out where the where the light and you know where the humor and and all the joy of the work. Because there's a lot of that too, but we yeah. don't focus on that because we're right. so trained to focus on the resources that we have to get and make sure that our staff are paid for another payroll period and, and all this stuff. They do yeah. like to be paid. They do. I know they're <laughs> so picky. <laughs> But you're, I, you are absolutely, as usual, right on track. Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree with you because we do. We get so focused on the task and what mm -hmm. we need to do and process. Everything has to have a process and a system to be able to accomplish this because we have to accomplish what doesn't seem humanly possible as nonprofits because we have limited resources and all those other likes of things we'd like to throw on is to the why Yeah. Mm -hmm. to the point that it's almost like, oh, and then we're going to celebrate here. And then once we celebrate, we're going to go to the next activity. It's almost <laughs> yeah. like we're planning to celebrate. Yeah. So the what happened mm. to spontaneous celebration? Hey, at least you remembered to celebrate. Well, I, I got a little is... award a couple weeks ago, and a friend of mine, I was excited about the award, telling him about it. He goes, so what are you and your staff going to do to celebrate? And I was like, 
Oh, yeah. we're supposed to do that. Yes. So I bought them barbecue and everybody was happy. But you're good at you're good at feeding your staff, and we have said on this blog before, nonprofit. They yeah, love food. They love food. So we if do. you feed yes. them, they yes, we're we're little little yeah. things make us happy. Food right? is important. Food and paychecks. Boom. That's yeah. really all we need. And it's really irritating when some, especially government funders, will not. Pay for food. Yeah. If you, that is culturally incompetent. I'm going to write a blog post on this. <laughs> Please do. Yes. Please do. And anybody that, any funder or board member that's asked a staff member to go and meet them for a meal, coffee, yes. lunch, whatever, it would not kill you <laughs> to, to comp us and to say, here, let me pick up your lunch. Here. Because odds are either we're having to pay for it ourselves or the organization is somehow now paying for that mm-hmm. so that you can have your lunch and meet with us mm-hmm. to help us be able to raise more money. That seems a little, <laughs> that seems a little counterproductive. So I have, uh, I'm, I'm very lucky. I, uh, often get treated by my board and say, let's go out to lunch. I'll take you out to lunch and we'll talk about it. So, um, I, I think that's always a special treat as well that we forget about the little things. Those are celebratory things as well. Like mm-hmm. when you get lunch. Woohoo! Yeah. Like or lunch. like someone pay for your parking. <gasps> oh, yeah. that's oh the my best. gosh. Yes. That's yes. amazing. I, I do a lot of speeches on behalf of our local United Way and man, when the company pays for my parking, it's like, wow. We get so excited. <laughs> or we come back from a, a conference or a meeting and there were uh, little gifts mm-hmm. going away. And maybe they were a simple Bic pen mm-hmm. and a pad of paper. We come back and we're like, look what we got. We have an extra pen and you I got a tape measure from this conference. Oh, Ooh. what are you yeah. going to measure first? My tiny office. <laughs> <laughs> because we can't afford a bigger one. Yes. But we do such good things. <laughs> oh my gosh, this has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. What else? What, what do you think about the St. Louis metropolitan area? Cause you're- I love, I love St. Louis. I went to Wash U. Oh. Mm, yeah, I went to Washington University, uh, for college and for grad school. Excellent. So it's nice to be back. Good. Advice for students who might be listening and wanting to get into the nonprofit sector? You know, I realized after coming back that I was, I don't really know much about St. Louis because I was in this, I think we call it the Wash U bubble. Yes. And, uh, and I guess it's kind of true. At least when I was there, like everything was self-contained. We just stayed mm-hmm. there and we interacted with all the other students and we had all of our food and everything mm-hmm. taken care of. Right. And we had a shuttle that shuttled us from one place to, to another and to the, movie theater and stuff. We, we didn't really have to interact with anyone. I think a lot of yeah. colleges think they're helping students by doing that, by providing like an all-inclusive yeah. period of time, but you miss the interaction. You do. You don't mm-hmm. get to see like all the cool stuff and all the people who are out there doing amazing things. So so I hear your advice saying step outside the bubble. Yes, mm-hmm. step outside the bubble. Excellent. And maybe new people. volunteer at a nonprofit. We could mm-hmm. use your yes. help, right? Volunteer at a nonprofit, join a board. That's a good point. We have talked so many times about board members and how we always say as board members, we want younger members and then someone will come out and we don't invite them or engage them or ask them what they'd like to do. And we're like, well, they're too young to understand or they don't Mm -hmm. get it. They're those millennial people. And so we segregate them. And so then they don't want to be on the board. And so we need to be more welcoming to that to that opportunity, I think. Well, it's not just being welcoming. I think it's really changing the entire mindset around what a board is. If a board is supposed Mm -hmm. to be representing the community, then young people are the part of the community. Right. And so we have to kind of change our whole mindset around that. The other thing is, I think people are getting really tired of this whole generation versus generation and stereotyping. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of people asking me what I'm in. And I'm like, I don't remember and I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, And why does it matter? Yeah. It, it, unless it's some There are sort a-holes of... at every single age and generation. <laughs> I guess there, there are. There are awesome people at every age. And I think millennials Usually you can see them coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And millennials yeah. are getting, I think a lot of millennials I know are just getting tired of being stereotypes. 
And the Gen X people are getting tired of being neglo- neglected. Right. Mm-hmm. And the baby boomers are getting tired of saying, well, they're baby boomers, so they don't know. They don't get it. Half the baby boomers <laughs> know social media better than some of the millennials that I know. Absolutely. Case in point, who so. aren't on Facebook, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So uh, don't judge. We don't want to be judged, yeah. so don't judge them, right? Exactly. Good. Yeah. So i got a really important question. I know you're a big TV watcher. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's say you get to survive the zombie white walker, regular walker apocalypse. <laughs> Who are you going to put in charge of your cluster of people who live? Daenerys Targaryen or Rick Grimes? Yeah, that's oh, that's kind of tough. I don't know. I wasn't. I was not a big fan of Rick from The Walking Dead. He was mm-hmm. always so wishy-washy, you know. And it's like, dude, you're facing a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> like, you need to just figure out your own stuff and like lead. <laughs> okay, like you need to put aside all your. But then I'm thinking, yeah, that is such a non, not a nonprofit, like sensitive thing to say. Yeah, he had, <laughs> sensitive. And he, had, he went through a lot of stuff and he was His probably experiencing, died. yeah, PTSD. <laughs> and so I, I had to kind of figure out like, so I think this is what has happened with this career is that you start thinking of things. You can't, you can't just be like, well, he sucks as a leader and he needs to, you know, he needs wait, to, wait, wait, that's, yeah, that's, that's not, yeah, that's not, that's not who we are, you right. know. And Daenerys, I think she was really cool. She took a lot of, you know, power mm-hmm. and she grew from being somewhat of a helpless, um, person to being a, a very powerful leader. But at the same time, she has some blindness, um, which I think is also not appropriate to say. <laughs> <laughs> she has some weak points right. that she does not really see. And she started. Which like, describes um, most of nonprofit leadership in today's society. Yeah. She became vengeful and not strategic mm-hmm. and just kind of fell into this sort of like, I'm going to have revenge on, on these slave um, owners and stuff without understanding the nuances. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, yeah. maybe the two of them can really learn from each other. Totally good. Co-leadership. But I would yeah. probably. Daenerys yeah. because she has dragons. Dragons. She has dragons dragons trumpet every yeah. time. And like you can yeah. like auction them off yeah. at a silent auction. But they're her kids. Or ride. Oh, oh perfect. Now we turn it into a fundraiser. I love it. And that's that's what happens with nonprofit people when you get us together. Yeah, we, ride on a dragon. That's right. I like it. I like yeah. it. That's right. And wait, Put it in a bottle of wine. How much, of, wine those, how much of that is tax deductible? Because that's what we really need to know. Right, actual value of price. We got to take away the expense of feeding the dragon. Uh, yeah. yep. you know, yeah. that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Do you want to give us a little plug about your organization that you actually work for? Talk yeah, about that? I think people forget that I actually run you have a, a job, a nonprofit. Yeah, that I'm an executive director um, of Rainier Valley Corps, which is an organization in Seattle. It's trying to get more leaders of color into the nonprofit sector. We don't have enough. We have mm-hmm. some great leaders in in the field, but overall. Only 18% of nonprofit professionals are people of color. Only 10% of ED, CEO, president, CEO types are. And only 5% of foundation leaders are people of color. Wow. And this is a huge disparity considering just the number of people of color that we serve in the nonprofit sector. So what my organization does is we find these talented emerging leaders of color and we provide them with a job for two years. And they get, we provide them with a, a living stipend and health care and educational bonus. And we send them to work at organizations that are led by communities of color. And they work there for two years and help them fundraise and develop their programs and everything. And we hope that these leaders will stay in the, in the sector. And so I'm really excited. 
But. That's that's very cool. Someone yeah. once helped all of us and all mm-hmm. of our listeners out there. You can think of someone who helped you, and so giving someone a chance to get that extra help. Yeah, and impacting the huge community and the work that they will be doing. Absolutely. For more information, go to RainierValleyCorp.org. Core as in C O R P S, which some people pronounce as corpse. <laughs> and it's like, this is Vu from Rainier Valley Corpse. And I'm thinking, you know what? If I don't raise enough money. Maybe you are with the Walking Dead. Yeah, if there's not enough money, I might just be the Walking Dead. That's right. That's right. I'm sure there are days when we run out of coffee, we feel that way at least. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks again for being our guest. I well, really appreciate it. Me. And yeah. you can find Vu at nonprofitwithballs.com or dot, dot com. Dot com. I've got it bookmarked, so I forget. Um, and then also Nonprofit Happy Hour on Facebook and ED yeah, Happy Hour really on great. Facebook. Yeah, you're an ED. Join yeah. ED Happy Hour. Yeah. And Nonprofit Happy Hour is just a support group mm-hmm. on Facebook. It's, it's really great. Very helpful, actually. I've, I've had a lot of questions out there myself. So um, thank you to all of you for joining us on 501 Crossroads. 501 Crossroads is usually recorded at the studios of Mind's Eye Radio, and it's produced and hosted by me, Marjorie Moore. And me, Natalie Jablonski. Mike Curtis is our sound engineer, is going to make this show sound good. Um, <laughs> so please go to iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite app, subscribe, leave us some feedback. You can find us on 501 Crossroads on Facebook. And thank you for listening. And remember, we're all working towards the same outcomes. <laughs>